We are back once again this week here to talk to you about what to do in your untimely demise, you know, before you get there. Um, Nick and Mike are with me again as usual. I'm I'm going light tonight. I'm only going to have one. I'm drinking Red's Strawberry Ale tonight, and then I will switch to water. Nick, what do you got? Uh, I got the Nick Watkins famous uh, Holiday 5-pack because the sixth one is in my hand. Uh, Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch, I'm real excited for you guys to reach out to me. Uh, we're going to pop some some blue label here and drink it up away. Um, Mike, thanks for joining us again. What are you drinking? I still am finishing up my Blake's multi-pack, but I'm drinking the two that I didn't drink last time, which were the Triple Jam, which is a berry, and then the Grizzly Pear, which, as the name suggests, oh. pear. We, uh, I say, we, we talked last week, and, and uh, I had Mike over – and uh, he brought he brought one of those drinks. Uh, what was it? it? Was like cucumber or something, raspberry or something? That was Dave. Uh, I would not yeah, have brought I, br- I brought the cucumber. cucumber, and then I had the strawberry. No, I had the blueberry one. Mike had on Tuesday. Yeah. Oh yeah, I say. And so, oh, that's right. Say, so David. David brought it over, and I had myself a, a good taste of it. So it was a, a real big shout out to them. That was a uh, pretty delightful. So very exciting. So, one of the things people don't tend to want to think about is what happens when I die. So we're here to talk about what happens, you know, to your family, what's left over. How do you best prepare for your death? Because let's face it, it's going to happen. You are not living forever. So Ricky, I think Ricky Bobby put it the the best way, right? So uh, with my rate of income and the way that science technology is going, I live to be 200 years old. Uh, I don't really think that's a thing. So, <laughs> so first and foremost, if you're going to die and you have anything, you kind of need a will. Lots of different ways to accomplish this. You know, you can get online and use some cut and paste type will programs. You know, LegalZoom's got one. Yeah, they're legal. They're okay. You know, if you don't have a whole lot, not a big deal. Uh, you can go the old tried and true route, call up your lawyer and say, hey, I need you to draft me a will, cost you, you know, three, four hundred bucks. Um, I had my will drafted. I was early 20s. I uh, haven't changed it, really need to. So luckily, if you don't have a will, the one thing you want to make sure is everything you have that is an account has a beneficiary or, you know, it's a joint account because that way, you know, people can get to your money. They're not allowed. Yeah. Um, right. And so I say we're, we're, none of us are lawyers for a living. Um, you know, we actually, uh, we don't like to screw people over. <laughs> so I'm just kidding for anybody that's a lawyer out there. Um, so, you know, if you want, if you want legal uh, wording for everything, right, go to them. Um, you know, we, we, my wife and I, we have a will. Um, it is a lined piece of paper that is notarized on the bottom. And I woke up in the middle of the night. Oh gosh, I don't know, a year ago or something. Cause we were getting ready for vacation. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm about to hop on a plane and leave my kid for the first time. And, and so I just wrote everything kind of out and, and spelled it out and had it notarized real quick. So, um, right. It, it, it just stands for what it is. So. Um, as David said, he hasn't updated his, but you know, the good thing about a will is if you're still living and you're still conscious, um, you can change it. You can 
you have all rights to, to say what you want. I mean, we hear stories all the time of like, you know, one kid turns to drugs and their life just goes to crap. And so, you know, you don't want to leave them all this big chunk of money up front and, and they're just going to blow it and probably end up in the same spot you are. So, um, right. You, you can set things up. Honestly, you say you can set things up so particular in your will to state exactly what you want. I mean, um, you know, so right now my, my, my daughter's five, right? So it's different than David. And okay. So I have to figure out who my kid is going to. So I'd have that conversation with my friends and, you know, or my family and being like, Hey, you know, we want this lifestyle. We want her to, you know, and so then, Hey, you know, personally, we feel like we have to compensate those people for adding another child or how, you know, to their, to their life. So they get some of the money, but honestly, all that money is my daughter's and it's meant to be hers. And it's all written out that, you know, she doesn't get it until she's older and, and it's too, you know, if she goes to college, she can collect it, some of it right away. If she chooses not to, then she doesn't get it until later on in life. Um, and it's all spelled out like that. And it's, it's gotta be carried out that way. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a huge thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, basically what you're trying to do here is look out for the people you're leaving behind. So when I was younger and Caitlin was younger, it was spelled out. She couldn't touch the money until she was 25, but she had, you know, somebody watching over the money. So that if she needed something, she could, you know, call that person and they could dole out money as they felt appropriate. Because, you know, I know what I did when I was 18 and I was handed $20,000. I spent the shit out of it. Oh, I get a brand new car and then you don't remember your daddy no more. Yeah, well, that's just it. You know, you spend it and you don't have the money and you're like, oh, well, that was stupid. <laughs> so, you know, we do things like that when we're young and instead... You know, I wanted her to be taken care of. So she didn't get to, you know, if something happened, she didn't get to just go and blow $100,000, $200,000, whatever we can end up being. Yep. So, you know, I think uh, like with, with us, right? So I'm, I'm, I mean, we're both married, but, you know, um, we talk about it, my wife and I. And, and so if my wife and I pass at the same time, you know, for some reason, uh, we're on a motorcycle and, and it happens, right? Like nobody wants to think of these things and, and nobody wants to think of how, but right. We, we see it and nobody wants to go through it. Right. Nobody wants to be that person to have to put up a, a GoFundMe because they didn't plan for this stuff. So um, let's say I pass before my wife, right. My wife is on everything. Um, my, you know, my, my 401k that goes to her, my, all my houses um, it's written out that she has the choice to do it. I've talked to a really good friend of mine and was like, Hey, will you help her manage until she either chooses to hire you as a manager or until she, you know, will you help her sell it if she chooses? And right. My, my friend was like, yeah, you know, no big deal. Granted he's getting his, you know, percent when it sells. Cause he's, he's my go-to guy. Um, you know, it's, you have to, you have to trust that person that's going to carry these things out. And, and, you know, my wife's not going to be left just because I'm gone doesn't mean she doesn't have a couple other people around her to help her through it. You know, and that's the biggest key, but you know, so it, 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 we talked, we joked about it probably on a couple episodes, right? You're always worth more dead than you are alive if you have life insurance. <laughs> so, you know, um, but right. So all of my money goes to my, to my wife. Uh, if, if she's still around, um, if not, then it, it does transfer to my child. You know, the biggest key, the biggest key is I don't want to, pass tomorrow and have my wife be screwed. Like she shouldn't be, I shouldn't be a burden 
right? I shouldn't be a burden to her. I, I want her to only remember the good things, um, you know, for the most part. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a horrible time. And just the same, right? If my wife happens to pass somehow and I'm around, you know, her, her money comes to me and I, you know, I officially get to hire a, a live-in maid and uh, a paid for a paid for wife at that point. Uh, we joke about that because, you know, I'm not going to cook anything and I'm not going to clean. So I got to have somebody. <laughs> so, no, it's uh, well, here's a good question for you, Nick, because I know through my job, I have somewhere in the neighborhood of $300,000 worth of life insurance if I drop that. Yep. Now, you're not at your old job anymore. Correct. So what did you do? Because I'm sure they had life insurance on you, and then you had an option to pick up some supplemental life insurance for like a buck or two a paycheck. So what yep. did you do when you left? Did you do anything yet? Or? Uh, no. So I, right, I, I've lost that life insurance officially. Um, so what I did was I invested younger, and I, my, my real estate investments will – is basically my life insurance, right? We, I financially set us up so that way, I mean, there's almost no guarantee. There's, nothing's a guarantee, but there's no possibilities. My wife's not going to be able to walk away financially stable enough to, to get by in life for quite a long time. Um, you know, so, and, and she could, you know, if, if she could have that, excuse me, she could have that monthly income, you know, like I have right now and, and just her life, it wouldn't change. You just have one less body to feed and, you know, serve alcohol to. Um, or she can, you know, just have a big pot and then, you know, choose what she wants in her life, right? If she wants to go travel the world and experience things without me, she can cash out everything and do that. So um, I, I always tell people I'm self-funded when it comes to life insurance. I, I don't have a big enough savings account, right? We talked about three to six months. I have six months reserved. So you know, I, I tell people like my wife can, you know, she can mourn my loss for three months and then, right, it's time to get on that box and start selling things off and figure out what you're going to do because we have that, you know, that, that reserve, um, you know, she's going to have to make, you know, make some payments and she knows all my passwords to everything. She can log in and, and get it taken care of. So um, when it comes to life insurance, I'm the, I'm the first to admit, I personally do not have any. Um, I am, I am self, self-insured. So. Well, and you know, it's a good point because when Dawn stopped working normal jobs, we're, we're going to say normal jobs, uh, and right before she got sick, I ended up taking out a $100,000 term and policy on her because if something happened, I wanted to make sure I was covered. Yep. So I have 50000 for on her through my job. I have that 100 that I paid for. So if something happened to Dawn, I have 150000 Now, took that out in a way. So... It was for 20 years. I, I had what, seven years left on that? Eight years yep. left on that? So it's not going to last forever. Term insurance ends, and we're going to get into whole versus life in a little bit here and, you know, kind of break that down for everybody. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where Nick has his investments, which is his life insurance policy. I have life insurance, which is my life insurance policy. Sure. So, so you know, and this conversation kind of came up. So my brother stopped by. Um, who, who is a single guy, no kids, um, five years older than me. And uh, he's like, hey, man, I, I got my 401k and they, they need a beneficiary. And uh, he's like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, and so, so the idea, like, we all have different things going on in our life. I mean, some people are married, some people are single, some people, 
you know, have kids, some don't like, so everybody's different. So I, I looked at him, I was like, it's your money. What do you want to do with it? Right. And he's like, I don't care. I was like, dude, you, you can, you can take your 401k and say, he's an electrician. Um, right. And I was like, you can, you can donate all that money to let's call it a, a trade school or something. So that way you, you fund a college your college classes for however many kids so that they learn a trade if you're passionate about that he's like oh I, I really just want my car you know he's like he's my brother restores cars um yeah so you know he's got a, a cutlass right now and a money that he's doing and he's like oh i want them finished i was like dude you can write that whoever whoever gets a little bit of money you know has to finish the cars you know it's like make make sure that you write that down there hey i was like if you pick my daughter who's five she has to finish the car with this money and give all receipts to a, a you know and uh, then she'll she'll drive it, and he goes, yeah, she has to drive it over my grave too. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, you could ride that, like, you know, we, my my brother and I ride motorcycles, and um, right, you can you can get it, so you can get your your ashes put into paint. Um, you can, you know, my I, I was joking with him. I was like, hey, you know, take your ashes, pour them into your gas tank, so the first time she fires it up, and then and then jets it just the one time. Once she's done finishing it, it blows the motor. So that way, the, you know, the car, like you went down with your finished car. You know, I was like, you have this choice, man. Like, you know, he doesn't have to worry about anybody. Um, you know, and we, we had, I have a heart to heart. It's, it's funny because my brother and I don't have heart to hearts very often. Um, but I was like, you know, the only advice I can give you is make sure you pick somebody who's responsible to, to manage that, right? Because you want somebody you want somebody who's actually going to live out exactly what you wrote down. That's the biggest key is, is if you wrote it, you want whatever it is to happen to make sure it happens. Right. Most people put a lawyer to, to read their will. And it, you know, a lawyer guarantees that, Hey, this person gets this, 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 you see it in the movies all the time. Oh, uh, to, to my daughter, you get, you know, the dog to my wife, you get, you know, uh, a shopping spree for 10 bucks. And then to my girlfriend, you get the whole everything and everybody's all mad, but you know, it's written down. It's, it's what has to happen, you know? So, um, you know, nobody, nobody likes to think about death, but it's better if you think about it early. So that way everybody else doesn't have to think about it for you. Well, I think one of the things you really need to look at is who do I trust to actually, you know, fulfill these wishes? You know, I, I probably, I probably only have two or three people I would trust to, you know, carry out whatever I'm looking for, you know, that isn't my wife. Um, you can shake your head no all you want, but you two are, you know, the first two I think of. Mike, because of his superior intelligence, yes, I said it, superior intelligence. And Nick, because, you know, he just knows what to do with money. So I know that, you know, anything that happens there, he's not going to be stupid. Um <clears throat> So find people, find people that are important and smart and close enough to you to do the things that you want done with whatever is left over. Listen, I think that rolls us into, right. It's, it's called dual power of attorney, right? You want that person to your power of attorney, right? You want that person to be able to do it. Um, so I, you know, I talked to my brother and I, I, I love him to pieces. I do, right. He's, he's, He's my brother and I will always be there for him. We fight, we do whatever. But, you know, I, I said, hey, you know, don't let your mom be your power of attorney, you know? And he's like, why? And I was like, all right. So as a father, 
you know, my wife's not going to be my power of attorney necessarily, like when it comes to medical, because do you know what it's like to be the person to say, pull the plug, right? You, you, you officially, officially are the person that, that killed that person. Like you made that choice. But, you know, so like I, we have the conversation all the time, my wife and I and my brother, like, I was like, hey, man, if you're on, if you're on your deathbed, let's say you got into a motorcycle crash and you're brain dead and, and they just say, hey, you're, you're going to come out of it. And you're not going to do anything. You're going to be a vegetable. And I go, and he, he just puts a gun and he goes, and I was like, exactly. You, you want to pass. Like as a mother, as a, as a father, right? Like for me to pull it on my kid, I can't say I would do it because my money, my money would just be like, I believe it. I believe it. I believe she can get there and do it. Right. But, um, you know, for, for him, it's like, I know, I know that he doesn't want to live like that. So it takes somebody, it takes somebody that really loves that person to say, Hey man, it's time to go, you know? And, and so, you know, as, as a mother or a father, it's the hardest thing you ever want to do. So putting that into somebody else's hands who you, who you still love and trust, I think that's, to me, it's a better option because right. They, they love you not as the person that gave birth, but as the person that, you know, just cares about you and, and what you want in life. Well, and, you know, Nick brings up good points. There's two different power of attorney. One is basically a financial power of attorney, and the other one is a medical power of attorney. So I, I can honestly say my medical power of attorney would be my wife. She knows. If, if I'm a vegetable, there's no point in keeping me around. We've done it with all of our animals. Just let me go. If you have to shoot me, shoot me. I don't, I don't care because I'm not there anymore. Yeah. But I wouldn't necessarily want to throw – being the financial power of attorney on her because you know if I'm laid up or something and I can't make those decisions that's hard to throw that on a spouse to say hey well you know I know you're sitting here you know worried about your husband but here's all this shit you have to worry about it, that's just not fair I would rather you know if it gets to that point somebody else can sit there and say yep all these bills are paid you don't need to worry about it everything's good yep and, the, and you know and to me that's you know again it's something right I I would have David do right because he would he would just my wife is spending that time in the hospital with me right David has no problem David has no problem going into into my account just going click 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 sending you know sending my wife a message just saying hey enjoy that time that you have because right he shouldn't have to worry about anything else and when you have no worry and you can be there for your family and you can be there to do those things that's huge to us like all all three of us are are we are. I'm, you guys can see the passion out of us. We're emotional. <laughs> we're, we're passionate people. We, we care, man. And right there, you know, we get the phone calls. Hey, can you come do this? Hey, and, and that's who we are as people. We'll drop everything to go help each other. So, um, right. Take a look at, you know, my, my sister probably doesn't watch this, but she's not, she's not the person that I would put as a financial person. Right. I mean, that, that money would just be blown it, it might barely pay off her credit card, uh, <laughs> you know, um, where my, my mom looks at me and says, okay, Hey, you know, I, I, I trust that you'll, you'll make sure that your brother's taken care of. And, and, you know, your sister actually gets, you know, her money slowly, you know, she'll come to me and say, Hey, I need 600 bucks of tires and I'll give it to her. She'll say, I need a thousand bucks and I'll ask what for, and she'll go, I'm going on vacation. And I'll say, Hey, that was really nice talk. You know, <laughs> so like, I'll be that guy. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it comes to that where, you know, where my mom, we haven't talked. I, I don't, I think I'm actually her medical as well, but you know, we joked about my sister cause she'd be like, Oh, she's just a little plug. Screw it. Like she has no, she has no care about that, which my mom is okay with at that point of like, but you know, so, 
but she also knows that if there's any chance that I'll, I'll be the one to actually say no instead of, right. Cause I'll use my pocket money to make sure that it happens. So, well, and, you know, with my mom, I'm both. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm not going to get only child, right? <clears throat> I am. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into a long story here, but in 2008, my mother blew herself up. If you want to know the story, message me elsewhere. So in 2008, my mother blew herself up. And I really didn't know what to do. She kind of just called me and said, hey, I blew myself up. Ambulance is here. Got to go by. And that, that was it. So I called my wife because I didn't know what to do. And she's like, you know what? I will handle this. You have practice tonight. Go to softball practice. It's no big thing. I will go and assess the situation. Once I know what's going on, I will let you know, you can come down. All right. So I went to practice. Mind you, I didn't really do anything at practice other than answer the phone that rang every five minutes because everybody wanted to know what was going on and I knew nothing. Yeah. So she went and she handled everything that I really couldn't deal with at that time because I had so many other irons in the fire. And even when it was time to go down there, I went to the vehicle first to see, okay, what happened? And then I went to see my mother. So, you know, I, I had that. I had Dawn sitting there saying, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. Go do what you need to do. When you get here, everything will be taken care of. And it was. I, I got there. I didn't need to do anything other than spend time with my mother and figure out what the hell to do next. So, you know, I think uh... – you know, and I, it's just to me, it's a, it's a, it's an honor, more than it is a responsibility to me, right? It's, yeah. it's, um, right. Somebody's trusted me. So you know, to us, right? Trust is huge, and our friendships are huge to each other. So that, that's a big thing. And then, you know, our wives are a lot alike, and and the aspect of like, hey, I'll go take care of this because we don't know the whole thing. I mean, um, you know, I. We, we talked about, uh, we talked about wills. You can also put things into a, what's called a trust, right? So basically a trust, right? It, it, it makes sure we talked about so that your kids can't spend all the money. You hear of these trust fund babies, right? So one person gets control of this money and then they deal out little bits of money at a time. So that way, right? Again, an 18 year old doesn't just get, and there's people out there with millions, right? Like we are, we are not multi- multi-millionaires, you know, I mean, in the tens of 20 of thousands, right. Or, or even above, but there's people out there, right. You think of the Waltons, right. I mean, billionaires who, who leave their money. I mean, they leave billions. Now the kids have choices to do what they want. And so right, there, there's people that just shell out small amounts of money. So that way, you know, we basically, you don't want to, we've all seen the lottery things. What happens to a lottery winner? They just take all that big lump sum and they, they buy a, you know, they win a million bucks, so they take home what 700,000 or whatever it is. And then they, they go buy a $600,000 house and then they realize they don't have money to pay taxes for two years or, and then they go buy a Lambo or whatever the heck, you know, so their money's gone in two seconds. So basically it just stops you from spending all that money. So, um, you know, I, when I buy real estate, I buy from some older people and, um, I can do land contract other times I can't. They're like, Hey, I have to cash out because this cash out is going to go into a trust because some of it's going to go to this college uh, some of it's going to go to make sure that my wife is, you know, good for the rest of her life. Some of it's going to go over here. And again, it just every, he wants to start a scholarship and he's like, I want enough money to be in the scholarship to build every year. So that way we talked about, uh, we talked about the fire movement. So basically it's the exact same type of a thing in the trust, right? They, they put in, let's call it a hundred grand and, and 
they're, they're giving out $2,000 a year every year that that's building interest. They never lose that hundred grand. So for the rest of their life, they've impacted the world. One person for the rest, you know, for, for the, for eternity, right? Cause every, every time basically that, that, that money's going out and it's still always there. That's a huge thing. Um, I, I won a bowling scholarship as a kid. A lady set a bunch of money aside and that's what she did. Put it in the trust and, and it was the, it was the scholarship fund. Um, and it was, it was a huge thing for me to win that, that money. She was my, she was my bowling coach when I originally started and right. So, but you know, she put that money there. So it's, it's never, it's never going to change. Um, if they make more, they can choose to raise the price up if they make more in the fund than they thought. Right. Um, and that's people's choice, but forever she'll impact, a, she'll impact one youth bowler every year for the, for eternity. And that's a huge thing. Um, money can go a long way. Um, Let's say, uh, you know, I, I want to talk, I'm going to, uh, you know, David and I, David and I, Mike, you've lost loved ones, right? I mean, I, I just, honestly, I was driving the other day and I realized I have one grandparent alive. You know, my, my, my wife is so blessed right now. She has all four. Um, and that's huge. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize I was down to one. Um, my, my, my father's father passed when he was 12, his mom passed. Uh, six months after I was born. So I never met her. Um, and my grandma passed uh, almost two years ago now. And so that was, and my grandma was my mom, right? Uh, David, you know, uh, he, he had an aunt who loved and adored just like a mother. Um, and, and she passed. And so, uh, you know, we've all, we've all dealt with, it and it's a hard thing to deal with, but you know, the good thing, the good thing that we learn from these things is uh, prepaid funerals, right? Um, you know, my, my grandfather now, uh, he has a pre, you know, he, he went through my grandma's funeral and he's like, I want the exact same thing. And so we knew exactly what it was going to cost. We knew everything prepaid the money. So now everything is written in the will that says, Hey, I want this exact thing. When I pass, everything's already paid for. We have no worries now. Right. So none of the kids have to talk about it. No, nothing. We all know exactly what to expect. Um, it took one thing to happen, you know, for, for it to trigger the next, but um, did, now, did Aunt Sue have a, a prepaid funeral? Uh, Aunt Sue had nothing. She had nothing. left it on me. Yep. As most things are left on me. Um, <clears throat> and with her, she was adamant she did not want to be buried. Well, we didn't know what we were looking at money-wise, so I made the decision we're cremating her because I think burials are worthless and a waste of time and a waste of good space for low-income homes or whatever funeral to me is a funeral is fine but a burial plot is stupid okay i'm getting cremated my wife's getting cremated i hope to be dead long before my daughter needs to do anything so she can figure the hell out my mom's getting cremated this is just the way life is and because aunt sue did not decide yes this is what i want and i'm paying for it she got what i gave her which was we did a memorial service at the house it was more just getting together and, you know, talking about how we loved Aunt Sue. We cremated her. I buried half the ashes at her house. I buried the other half at my house in Plainwell. And that was the end of the story. And, you know, because See, we man, went cremation, it was 900 bucks. I, uh, right. So I, I, doesn't matter my religion, but I grew up Catholic. Um, right. So my family believes in burying the whole body. Um, yeah, I know there's other religions that you can't, you can't be missing a, a piece of your body like at all. You can't, you have to be buried with every part of it. So 
um, right? There's, there's religion, you know, so my grandma, they, they, my grandparents, they, they have a cemetery plot right next to their parents. So we knew where my grandma was going to get buried. Um, we knew every, every aspect of, you know, Hey, what she wanted. Um, but she didn't pick out caskets. She didn't pick out, you know, all these other things every, but we knew, Hey, she wants to be kept, kept whole. Um, this is a, this is a, a personal part of, of me. My wife and I will not be, be buried. We are actually going to be cremated and we're going to be turned. So first we're going to, we're going to try to give our bodies to science because my wife's in the medical field, not just that, but like we are firm believers that science, you can learn things. And um, if, if we get denied, then we're actually going to be put into uh, cherry. You can get made into a tree. Yep. Um, so I, my wife is actually going to be made into a sweet cherry tree. Um, and I'm going to be turned into a sour, uh, sour cherry. There's two different types of cherries in this world. If people didn't know that, um, two reasons, one, I'm a sour. <laughs> and so, and my wife is sweet as heck. Um, and number two, the, the fun thing for all you kids out there, uh, a sweet cherry has to be pollinated by a sour cherry to, to create. So forever, we will always pollinate each other and, and bloom. So, Forever, we will we will continue to to pollinate the world. Um, I you know that was that was one really cool thing for us. We're you know I'm not excited to die, but I'm excited that it, you know it makes me proud that something for the rest of my life until you know uh, the next George Washington comes down and chops off the cherry tree. But <laughs> so so that kind of leads me into two things I, I kind of want to hit here. One of them is so <clears throat> you've decided. Hey, if medical science can use me, great. So one thing that's always been important to me is I'm an organ donor. Now, I've, I've seen people pass away that their family didn't know what they wanted to do and they couldn't make decisions. So instead of saying, yeah, take whatever you need, they're like, nah, we can't donate anything. I, if you got something in me that you can use, I don't care what it is. Take it. I don't need it. I'm dead. There's nothing I can do with it anymore. You need my heart. You need my liver. But I, I, you're not going to need my liver. <laughs> you know, use whatever is usable. Take it and have fun. There, there might be a, there might be an eighth that they can use and, and grow off of it. But you know, so I'll be honest. I'm not an organ donor, um, and it's selfish. Uh, 100%. It's selfish, right? I, I'd rather see my body go to science for things. But the only reason I personally am not an organ donor is because I cannot say I do not want my eyes donated. Um, I have I have beautiful blue eyes, and I never want the opportunity for my wife to have to look into another person's eyes and see my eyes ever again. Um, if I could, if I if they would let me say, hey, don't donate my eyes, I'd be an I'd be an organ donor in a minute. That's why that's why I'm going to science um, instead. The only reason is because my wife should never have to look into my eyes and see it by chance ever again. Yeah, and the other thing I really want to hit, so we, we talked about trust, which is great, and we talked about power of attorneys, which are great. And, and Nick alluded to the fact that he wouldn't want his wife to have to make the decision to pull the plug. So there's a great way to not have to stick that on anybody. Write a living will. Yep. Basically, your advanced directives that say no heroic measures will be taken to save my life. Yep. So you can, you can do that. You can, right. So we hear about it when we go into the hospital, um, DNR, uh, which stands for do not resuscitate. 
Um, so let's say you have a heart attack and they can do CPR to save you. We know that after a, a stroke or a heart attack, right, you have chances that your life's not going to be the same. So you have the choice to say, hey, I don't want to take that chance. Whether it's 50-50, whether it's, you know, whatever, you can say, hey, I don't want to be resuscitated. I don't want to come back to life. I don't want the opportunity. Um, things change with that aspect because, so uh, here's a, a family story. Again, my aunt uh, is a DNR, do not resuscitate. Um, she had blood clots and it could go to her brain. Um, when you're a DNR, you're not allowed to get oxygen. Um, so she, she changed that because they're like, Hey, if you just continue to breathe, we'll get this through. And she had like a 90% success rate. So at that point she talked to they, the doctors asked her and she's like, yeah, but they, they also had to talk to my uncle who is her power of attorney and say, Hey, does she really want this? And, and when they, when they say there's a 90% success rate of if she has oxygen, when oxygen gets into the blood, right, it thins it out. And, and so they're like, all right, you know what? You, you have the, you can change it whenever you want. So right there, they're, always remember that, right. Figure out what you want and things can be changed. If you're, you know, she was coherent. She was everything. It's just a blood clot that could transfer. And, and when, when a blood clot gets into the brain, you could stroke out. Um, you know, so, situations are, are everything. So figure out at what, at what point of life, you know, to me, if there's a 20% chance that I'm going to be fine, I don't want to take that chance. If there's a 50% chance, man, pay that bill, right? <laughs> like rack it up. You know, I say, I'll tell I'm a 50, 50 kind of guy, but you know, 25, I'm, I'm really on that border, but I know 20, 20 or less uh, take me off, man. Like, cause I, trust me, I am not the like, I, I've been to the roulette table right? And 36% chance of hitting it. Like, I'm not good at that. So I'm going <laughs> to say if, if 36% was a good chance, I'd be a rich man, but you know, or technically with zero 37, but I, I'm horrible at that. So I know I'm never going to hit that. The one out of 37 spins, I'm, you know, so, but 20, 20 is basically like, if a doctor is like, Hey, he's got a 20% chance. My wife's like, pull it, see ya. You know? And, and, and so think about, think about things you know, where you want to be, who you want to be. You know, we talk about my brother again, right? A single guy and he lives his life wild and fast, right? So if he could never ride a motorcycle again, but he could talk to all of his people, he'd probably be around, but he would, you know, he'd have a, a, a wheelchair that goes hella fast, right? Like he'd be like, look, I want that off-road thing that can <laughs> climb mountains, you know? So, but but if he couldn't do anything in life, no, he doesn't want that life. That's not a life that he wants to live. And I fully support it. Right. If I'm in a wheelchair and I can still understand who my kid is, I want to be around. If I, if I'm never going to know who you are, or if I can't look you in the eyes and tell you, I love you. Like I, I don't want to be around for that, man. Like I don't want, I don't, I don't want my kid, my wife to see me. They're going to see me at my lowest. They're going to see me at my highest, but I never want them. I never want to, not see who they are, right? If I can't watch growth in life, I don't want to be in life. That's just me. So, and I'm not talking about just blind. I'm talking about if I never comprehend it, right? So don't, don't think it's a blind aspect, but. So this next thing I want to hit kind of goes hand in hand. You know, our whole life is digital now. So securing your digital life is important. And, and in doing that, you also need some kind of master document 
that whoever's left can go and get into things. So, for example, my aunt passes away, it's time to do her taxes. And they need to send an email to verify the account. I don't know what her email password is. It wasn't her normal password to everything, so I can't get into the email. My mother has no idea. She ends up calling the company. It took like two hours to unlock the account so that we could just file taxes. Yep. And it's something that she never would have thought about. We honestly didn't think about. But you have to at least leave everything so that people can get into whatever they need to get into, whether it's your email or your bank accounts or, you know, your, your health insurance, everything. I, I have a protected spreadsheet that has every password anybody could need and several that nobody will ever need. Say that again. Say that again. What, what you have, you have a what? I have a protected spreadsheet. Which, which, which means what? Which means you, nobody can just break into it. Okay. You can't just, you can't just click on the spreadsheet and it pops up. Correct. Okay, so is so people that know protected means it's it's usually password protected or I mean now with technology right face finger anything like that so right you you can get this to where it's it's code protected so that because you you don't want everybody knowing your passwords in this world um that, that's why that's why every job in the world I mean I, when I had a real job. Um, you know, it was the worst day of my freaking life every every 30 days to sit here and try to think of a new password. I'm like, uh, two, right? And then they make it eight digits long, and I'm like, I can't come up with two digits, right? <laughs> like, so, um, Mike, I mean, how many passwords do you do you have on a constant that you have to change? I mean, wow. a lot, right? David, I mean, so, you know, and, and you're in there, you're in your your thing and you're updating it and trying to make sure that these passwords are, are there your passwords, which get into things are protected by a password, which is, you know, it's, it's, so you guys, uh, it really is important to, you know, my cell phone, my cell phone company, right. I, when I call, they're like, Hey, what's your, what's your, uh, pin? My wife tried calling one time and she's like, Hey, I don't know your pin. I'm like, Oh, that, you know, that makes sense. And then they're like, Hey, what's the, you, you always answer these questions like what's your favorite food um you know what favorite what's your mother's maiden name what's your favorite sports team which for me everybody should know is the tigers okay so just so we're clear i am not with these cubs fans no i, I say <laughs> um you know so there, there's all these questions that you can ask um and and so right but to make okay, so now now you think about it right and I, I want to be clear with everybody here. When you think about it, how frustrating it is, or it was for David to get into this. So not only is he mourning the loss of his aunt, now he's just pissed off because these people are disrespecting the fact that he wants to sit here and cry or just however he wants to emotionally, it, it could be anger, it could be anything, right? We all go through stages of how we handle things, but like he can't just handle it because somebody didn't leave him set up to, to just handle this thing. Um, you know, I know, I know when my grandma passed, right? It was, all right, hey, I have to get, you know, my grandma did everything for my grandfather, right? And, and, and now it's like, okay, um, hey, you, you know you have to pick your own clothes for the first time in your life, right? Like you have to, you, 
This is called getting dressed, right? Like my wife does it. I'm not going to lie to you guys every morning. And she does it for my daughter. I, I love my wife, but every morning we get up, we, we take our shower and, and my clothes are sitting right here. And my daughter's clothes for school are sitting right here. She sets our clothes out. If my wife passes, like, I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Like what, what, I don't know what to wear today. I, you know, I, I coordinate, I coordinate on certain days because, and my wife can tell when I dress myself, Hey, Caitlin, Hi. everybody, Hi, Caitlin. David, David's daughter, Caitlin, right there, YouTube famous. <laughs> but, um, right. So just, just make it easy, make it easy for everybody else to, to, you know, it's funny. Cause when we're alive, when we're alive, we always talk about, Hey, you know, Nick, if you die, what would you want? I want everybody to gather at my house. I want everybody to gather in a hall and I want you all to chug an entire thing of uh, a keg of beer. I want you to throw the biggest party. I want you to do, I want you to do things as big as Nick would do. I want you guys to go out the way Nick would go out. Like, heck yeah. I don't, yeah. And there's going to be sadness, but dude, I want you guys to go. That was the greatest party of my life. Right. And it's because I died, but like, I want that. Right. There better be a DJ there. There better be a pig roast. I mean, there better be, this thing better be massive in my opinion. And I won't get it unless I write it down. And like it, I should write my will again that says if anybody cries, they don't get a dollar, but <laughs> no. So, right. It should just be this to me, to me, it should just be this, this party, right? It should be, I want everybody to remember this, like doing these Tuesdays. Yeah. I mean, I, I rushed home today and, and whatever, but like doing this is awesome. Like, this is great. Like I want people to remember every good thing about me. I don't want you to remember, Oh, Nick passed. Right. Like never remember that. Like you know, I say, I'll be honest with you guys. Like my grandma passing is hard for me every single year. It was hard for me. My essay, I've probably called David, you know, on, on her death anniversary. And it was like, Hey, I'm pretty drunk. I'm going to need a ride. Right. But like, you know, some of the best times I have, my, my grandma would show up to a, a random thing. So my grandparents don't drink. They, they're not big drinkers, but I've seen my grandma drink a beer a year. Um, and, and so I, you know, forever, it was just like, all right, I'm going to go drink because this one's for my grandma. You know? So like, I remember those good things. I, you know, I, I, David and I met through softball and stuff like that, but like umpiring softball, baseball has, has been a big part of my life. So like those things to me, you know, I say, I get goosebumps talking about it because it's that passion. It's that thing I want to remember. I don't want to remember that, that moment I was holding my grandma's hand while she's, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and it's the hardest thing in the world that you'll, you'll see. So um, really the more you do now while you're alive, the better it is for everyone when you pass. And, and that's what this whole episode is about is, is trying to teach everybody that, man, it, it's so much easier for every last person. If you just take some steps um, before we talked or before we hopped down here live, one of the first words, you know, Mike, Mike said he was joining Mike. Why, why are you joining? I need to figure all this out. I haven't right. done any of it yet. Right. So, and, and to be honest, like, as I said, when I wrote my will, it was literally, I woke, I woke up out of the dead of sleep and I will remember it for the rest of my life. I woke up out of the dead of sleep and said, wow, I need to get my crap together. Like I need to write this down because you know what, 
we've, I've talked about it, but talking doesn't mean anything unless it's written down. So it was like, Hey, this, 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 right. And, and, and so it, it's clearly, I have a fireproof safe. It's just in there and somebody's going to open it up and go, Oh crap. We know exactly what he wants. Right. Like, I mean, granted, it's going to be chicken scratch handwriting and people will figure it out. And, Oh, I think that looks like David. He, David gets all my money. No, (laughs) but, um, you know, I, I was talking to a friend the other day and he had brought up going out and shooting because, you know, he just bought a gun. And I said, yeah, yeah, we should do that. I haven't been shooting since, I said, I haven't been shooting since 2015. And he goes, what do you mean? Last time I shot was with Nick and my wife and my aunt. Yeah. And the, still the image is vivid in my mind. You had a 40 or a 45, Nick? I have a 45 ACP 1911. So, my aunt saw this gun, which was about two times bigger than she was. Yeah. And 35 decided, pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Decided she had to shoot it. So Nick literally got behind her like Johnny Bench with his hands out, ready to catch her in case she blew her on her ass. Yeah. And the picture of her standing there shooting with Nick standing behind her, that, that will be in my mind until I either lose my mind or drop dead. Let's say I, if this was Aunt Sue, okay. So like, let, let's imagine this, and she literally was bent like this, and and she's supposed to go, but she was bent so far back, and I'm I'm just I'm waiting for this thing because I mean I'm a big guy, and I and that thing that thing will give you some kick. Nope, she and I you know it was it, it's a lasting memory for me, right? We 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 still love it every time it comes up, every time we share it, and. Those are the memories that we want, right? Like right. those are the those are the biggest things, you know. And you know, I I she uh she, when we say thirty five pounds soaking wet, we really mean it. Uh, I gave her a twelve gauge shotgun. She she couldn't lift it so high, right? She's like, no, that's good. But man, she can hold a forty five, and you this you know forty five is what <clears throat> eleven inches long, and and she's trying to manhandle this thing. Go boom. And uh, say your wife's slow mo- or your wife's picture where it actually has the explosion coming out of it. That's one of my favorites. And then we have step by step of her just back bending, just oh, what a great memory. So, so one um, of the other we we had touched on life insurance. Yeah, and it depends on who you talk to on whether whole is better than term or term is better than whole. And both of them have advantages and disadvantages. So I kind of wanted to get into that because. You know, that's important. If, if you need to set your family up and you need insurance, you kind of got to know what you're talking about. So my aunt had whole life insurance. Uh, she was still working, so she still had insurance through her company. Um, my mother is not working, and she has a whole life insurance policy. I only, I, I have one whole life insurance policy. I think it's worth 5000 My mother took it out on me when I was a kid. She pays the premium every year. I pay no attention to it. Um, I took the term policy out on my wife when, you know, right before she got sick, just in case. So I kind of have a little bit of background with each one of them. Um, Nick said his, his life insurance at this point is the investment properties. 
Um, I assume Courtney has some kind of life insurance through work. She does. Yeah. So, and, you know, that, that's the difference between the two of us is right. Like, yes, my wife gets everything of the properties, but theoretically, <clears throat> theoretically my business is, is my job. So by her passing, I literally just, I have my job and I have no second income or, you know, and so I, I don't have that. So my wife does have life insurance because heaven forbid she passes. Well, I have to be set up in that same way that I'm going to set her up. So she does have life insurance, right? And it's, she has work and, and she has term life insurance, right? So, um, because my investments are not fully paid and fully funded by myself, um, I still need to get by until that moment happens when everything is, is complete. So, right. We have, we have everything set to where, Hey, all right, I'm going to pay everything off in X amount of years. So we, we do need, we need that point to where, okay, you know what, let's cover us just in case this happens and I'll be able to survive until, you know, until I actually get that second income of, of paid offness. Um, right. So it, and that's the thing, like we're, we're, we're the same couple, we're the same everything, but me passing, me passing is the better because she just gets all this, but her passing is horrible. It's, it, it would, it would, I mean, besides losing my wife, it would devastate me, but like I would lose all that thing I'm so used to. And, and she pays for whatever utility she pays for whatever bills. And, and so I would have to come up with that. And now mind you, being jobless or I can go get a job, but then I don't have the coverage for my daughter that I had. I don't have that person watching. I have to pay for babysitting. I have to, there's so many more bills that I'm not used to because I had that second income paying for these things. So, right. So, um, we, we choose term. Um, I don't do whole life. Um, you know, it's usually more money. I can probably invest a lot faster than what I can get whole life for. It, to me, it's a scam. Everybody's favorite person, Dave Ramsey. It's a scam. Um, so, <clears throat> when we look at whole life, that that's one of the drawbacks to the whole life is it's way more complex. And if you're investing, you can probably do better long term than you can with a whole life policy. I I have a whole life policy on Caitlin. I, I did I did the Gerber grow up plan. You can do it until they're thirteen. I bought it when she was twelve. So it was $15,000 and it doubles when she hits, I don't know, eighteen twenty-five something. I don't know. I think it's 18. Cause I, I had, I had it for Emerson for a year and then I canceled it. So, well, I did the math and I'm like, okay, if something happened to her, when, let's say she dies when she's 80, but she has kids. I only spent about, we're going to say 10,500 cause I like even numbers. Paying yep. for the premium for this policy, it's going to pay thirty. So she's still ahead about twenty thousand. Yep. Could I have done better in seventy years with that twenty thousand? Absolutely, I could have. But back Absolutely. then, I wanted her to be covered. Yeah. Well, and say, I, I tell everybody, right? So I have a friend. I have a friend. Her and I were talking, and she she has um, whole life on her kids. And she's like, but I don't do 401k. I don't do this. And I'm like, I'm not mad at you in any way, shape or form. Like you're making some type of an investment. So like 
I'm not going to be mad at you people that are, that are understanding that, Hey, like I, I can't afford $20 a, because I, I put 25 a week, whatever for my kid, blah, blah, blah. But like, <coughs> if you can't afford to, do, but you can afford, let's say, you know, you, let's say you get a bonus once a year and David, what, do you, what did you pay? Like $238 or something like that. I think is what my two is two sixteen. Mine for Caitlin was $155.74. Sure. Let's say, and, and so right. And that, that's just once a year, just a, a flat payment. Yep. Um, you know, and, and so right. And it, it gave you, it gave you 30, $30,000 worth of coverage. And so, right. To me, to me, I did it. I did it because uh, gosh, I, I mean, I had my daughter five years ago. And so um, it kind of, and then I, and then I like six months in, I found betterment and I was like, I started doing math and I was like, Oh, I could totally out earn this. Like I'll take the risk that if she passes here, I lost money, but at this point I'll gain money. And I had, I, I started the ball rolling on investment. So I, I, I got lucky in the fact that I was, I was bringing in some type of money. Um, but like people that aren't, aren't you and I that invest and stuff like that. Like, I'm never going to be mad at anybody that's like, Hey, I covered my kids because you know what? I don't, I'd much rather you be able to just be like, Hey, this, this life insurance just pays for my kid's funeral. And I have time to take off X amount of months of work to mourn the loss. And that covers it. Right. So like you, when, when money buys, you can't buy time. Right. But when money buys time to do the things you want, that's called success to me. Like, I don't care. We could debate all you guys want, but like that, that's really, that's success to me. When, when you can choose what you want to do and how you want to do it, like whether it's morning, whether it's, you know, doing anything, I, I, I support whole life insurance in that aspect. Um, Oh, and when we look at some of the advantages, like Nick, you hit them. So we know with whole life insurance, it's always going to pay. As long as you pay your premiums, it's always going to pay out. It's never going to expire. Uh, and and it, it doesn't matter what the cause is. Right. The premium doesn't really change. It's always going to be the same. You, you can predict what it is. Um, it's thought of as an asset. Yeah. So it also is building cash value. So you know that you own a specific thing that is going to be worth X number of dollars on a date in the future. So that's an asset. Yep. There are times that you can take whatever cash value you've built up and actually start paying the premiums. My mother's done that with her life insurance for, I don't know, the last years. <clears throat> um, and there are obviously tax advantages. The problem is it is more expensive. So you're paying more for that whole life policy than you will a term life policy. Now, sure. and, and the younger you start it, the cheaper it is. So <clears throat> Correct. Caitlin's is cheap because she started young. Yep. I'm paying less a year for hers than what I'm paying for Dawn's, but I also get, you know, almost three times the coverage on Dawn's. Her, Dawn's is whole life? Dawn's is term. Term, right. So, so, and then, so term, term, when we say term, right, it's usually split up between 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and then you go to whole life at that point, yep. right? So, um, yes, it costs more, but he, you know, he's covered – and so, as he said, he has seven years, and then it expires, right? So then he's he's wasted some money, and he'll only get part of his money back that he invested. But if it if it happens, then it's horrible to say it, right? But if it happens, he wins. If it doesn't happen, he loses. But 
he technically wins no matter what because he's so aware. He, he, he has his wife, right? So, um, you know, so but but he has that coverage. He has that stable mm-hmm. stability of financial, right? It, everybody says money's not everything, and it's not. Money is not everything. Your family is, but without your family, you need that money to keep going with, right? To, so. <laughs> One one of the nice um, things about the term policies too is you can convert it into a whole life. You can. It's not cheap. But you can do it. It's also very straightforward, very flexible. Now, Mike, do you do you have any any coverage? Do you have any coverage at work for your kids? Yes, I've covered my kids at work. Okay. Now, do you have any policies for your children above that? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So. And that I say, and it, it, it all I say. Now, are you investing any money monthly for your children? I have Betterment accounts for them. Perfect. Right. So, so he's taking he's taking and self funding that financially himself. So, to me, it's the exact same thing uh, theoretically, right? So, um, basically, basically, you can self fund it. So, um, right, if you're throwing. What do you say, David? 150, 150 a year yep. um, gets you, get you, you know, 20, you know, gets you life for as a kid. But, you know, if you, if you throw 200 bucks a year, let's say, and your kid passes within 10 years, you don't make that money that you would have by having the whole life. But anything past that 10 years, right, you're going to make more money and you're going to have it invested. So you're, you're really rolling the dice, the dice on when – a tragedy is going to happen. So there's no, nobody knows the future, right? So I could back out of my driveway and everybody hears it. I, everybody hears all the time. You could back out of your driveway and get hit by a semi. I mean, granted, if you live in the, whatever, there's no semis down side streets, but I could back out and get hit by my neighbor. I mean, you know, I, we, there, there's so many millions of things that could happen in this world that we don't know. I mean, you know, as a kid, I could have jumped off of the top of a, what was the, what was the metal playgrounds at the McDonald's? What was the burger called? Mayor McCheese? Um, the hamburger, no, Hamburglar. Hamburglar. Yeah. So right, I could have jumped off the Hamburglar and, uh, and, and just, uh, you know, hit my head and, and passed and, and it would have sucked. I, I don't like hypotheticals. I don't, right? Because you can get into such horrific details, but um, guys, really, you should, if you're investing in your kids in any way, shape or form, whether it's term, whether it's whole life, whether it's just a, a savings slash betterment account slash something, if, if you're investing in the aspect of it, right? Nobody, we always want our kids to use the money we're investing for them, but there's a chance that we have to use it for our kids. Just the same as, as our, our spouses, our loved ones, anything like that. Um, uh, David, you know, I, I want to touch back. I want to touch back. Um, you talked about uh, you you hate fun- or you hate uh, cemeteries and burying people. Um, so I was. This is a, this is a true thing. So I I paid I paid for the headstone for my grand my grandparents right, um, and I I talked to my mentor in real estate and I was like you know. I probably had the proudest day of my life. I, I, I had the money to pay for my, the headstone. And he, and he looked at me and he goes, that's awesome. I, 
I respect you for that. Right. And he goes, but funerals are just a waste of money. He goes, it's just an ego boost to prove to people. He goes, you could get buried in a 10,000 or a hundred thousand dollar mahogany casket. You'll never see it again. He goes, it's just to make you as a person feel good. It's just to, to boost up. Right. So when we all pass, I mean, when David passes, everybody watching, you know, David just from here or personally, but it doesn't matter, right? Like what happens to him doesn't matter to 90% of me. Mike, the same thing. Me, you people either know me personally and you're like, cool. But honestly, 99% of you people will never once come visit my grave. A hundred percent of you people will never dig my personal body up. Cause you're like, forget that guy. You know what I'm saying? So you'll never see that casket again. You'll never see any part of, it's just a small ego boost, right? Like we see these parades for, for people, uh, you know, when presidents pass, you know, you, you watch them and they get this multi-million dollar parade and it's to honor the person. And that's all it is, is to honor the person. But honestly, it's just an ego boost for, for the government. It's, it's to prove that, Hey, we respected this person, but it doesn't give any financial gain. It doesn't give anybody. Any, I mean, we're all from Michigan. Gerald R. Ford, right. Was from Michigan. He president. No, I, I've never been to his gravesite. You? Well, I, I guess I kind of have because I've been to the museum, but it wasn't to see his grave, you know. Exactly. I've walked past the museum and I've saw, oh, yeah, there's where, you know, President Ford's buried. And that's pretty much the extent of it because, like yeah, Nick says, it, it, it's not that important to me, you know. Even yeah. looking at historical figures in my life that are important, I can't sit there and say, man, I got to, you know, I, I got to go visit Walter Payton's grave. I, you know, no. I, exactly. I don't need to do that. Yep. Say, because why? You want to watch highlights of the great things he did. You want to remember all the good things. So, guys, it's really just remembering people for who they were, who they, you know, who they are now. I mean, so, you know, I think I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing out of this, this week's topic is, right, just make it so everybody in this world and everybody in your life can celebrate your life instead of mourn your life. Uh not more, but pain, pain your life and have the pains of having to deal with you being passed. I mean, none of, none of us want to put that on people. You, you bring up great points, Nick. So Dawn and I used to fight about she really wants a funeral with a visitation. Yep. And I'm anti-visitation. I don't need to go look at you when you drop dead, and I really don't want you to come look at me when I drop dead because I'm dead. Yeah, I, I'm totally- I honestly don't care that you're there. I'm totally kissing your forehead and you'll never know it. You can do that. That's fine. But I don't want, you know, somebody that means something to me to sit there and go, hey, the way I remember this person is lying in a casket. You know, I I remember my grandmother telling me stories that when her grandmother passed, they took pictures of her in the casket because I guess that's a thing in the Polish culture. You take pictures in the casket. This is what I was told by my great aunt's boyfriend. Uh, just so everybody knows, David is not full Mexican. Actually, he's, he's zero Mexican. But, so, right, you didn't know he was Polish? He's actually Polish. It's, uh, it's a weird thing. Polish, Irish, <laughs> and Persian. But anyways, they would, take, they would take pictures of the deceased in the casket. And my 
aunt, my great aunt, asked my grandmother, well, do you want a picture of mama in the casket? And she goes, no, what the hell do I want that for? Yeah. I always thought that was the strangest damn thing. I don't want to remember somebody that way. I, you, you know what? You just brought it up to me because, like, I, I, I really want to be a cherry tree because my wife wants to. But, like, now parts of me really wants to be a pinata. So when you, like, when you hit that shit, like, boosh! Like, dude, that would be great. See, what you do, Nick, is part of you is a cherry tree and the rest of you is the pinata. I got to ask my wife for this approval, but I'm totally down for that. Like, like, it'd be creepy and awkward that, like, everybody has, like, a piece of me on them. But, dude, there's not a doubt in my mind my brother would be the first one up there with, like, a big old baseball bat just, wham, hits a home run, like. Dude, I'm totally in for this now. Well, see, and Caitlin knows when, when I pass away, I want her to sprinkle a little bit of me outside Wrigley Field, you know, so the cops don't see her and arrest her because you're not allowed to do that. Yep. Um, take a little I bit, got you. spread it in Hawaii, and then, you know, put the rest of the house in Plainwell with all my animals because that is the one thing I do bury is my animals. Why? I don't know. I just always have. It's cheaper. <laughs> no, I, uh, you know, I, I fully agree. Um, right. So we, we touched on wills. We touched on trust. We touched on power of attorneys, um, prepaid funerals, look into it. Right. So that way, that way it it takes the guessing game out of everything. Um, we touched on life insurance. Uh, you know, I say we can hold that thought for a minute. Hold that thought for a minute. I'm going to pause for a sec. All right, we're, we're starting back up because I asked Dawn to come in for a minute. Dawn used to manage a cemetery, and she is very aware of what would happen with uh, people that didn't set up beforehand. So can you just kind of talk a little bit about the pain that it is if you don't prepay your funerals? Um, so there is a difference in cost between pre-need and at-need services, both at the funeral home side and at the cemetery side. If you do pre-need, pre-need services, you can actually make payments um, up until the time that that's done and it locks in that price from the day that you do it. If you wait until the time that you pass away, you have to have everything paid for upfront. And I know a lot of people indicate, well, I have, house, or I have insurance and my insurance will pay for it. Yes, it can. However, the insurance needs, um, usually takes a while to pay out and it can take a while to get those funds, but the funeral home you know, sometimes it's able to, you know, uh, figure out what your insurance amounts will be and they can kind of give you a loan for that amount and then they can pay for the services at the cemetery. But it really just depends on the funeral home themselves. Not everybody's able to do that. And even if they are able to take and figure out what those amounts will be, um, you're still paying more than if you went and did it right now. They're just, it, there's, there's, there's two different costs. Um, so that's definitely a good thing to do. The other thing that's really good to do is that if you know right now that you want to be cremated, you need to make sure that that's noted somewhere, whether it is by having a funeral um, cremation contract taken, uh, taken care of or whether you have it noted in your will. Because, for example, let's just say, um, well, I mean, like in this case, my, my husband and I and my daughter um, would be the ones that would be left if David died. Well, he wouldn't have been left. I said that wrong but his mom, me, and his, uh, our daughter. I would be the next of kin because I'm his wife. However, if he didn't have a cremation contract and if we didn't agree with what was happening, 
technically another family member can dispute that and then it becomes a big fight and funeral homes and cemeteries are unable to physically do a um, cremation for you because you're physically doing something to the body. I had seen several, several families where they were not able to do a cremation for that individual because, well, so-and-so told me that's what they wanted, but they had not indicated that as their wishes anywhere. So the funeral home, um, or us in that case, the cemetery, because we had a crematorium, we were not able to do a cremation for that individual because two other family members were arguing and they just would not get on the same page. So that becomes a heartache for the family where, you know, one family member says that's what they want. The other family member says, well, they don't know that, so they don't feel comfortable. Or maybe that's their own wishes and they're not for the side of cremation. So it just becomes a lot of heartache. Um, there is a lot of advantages to taking care of your needs as much as you can. So, I know it's something nobody wants to think about, but it really is important both for price and just for the comfort of when you pass away. Your family has so much that they're dealing with already as it is. The last thing they need to be dealing with is all of this business stuff. So let me ask you, um, right? So you, you now, now all of a sudden we have a, we have a professional here. So you worked for a, for a cemetery. I was a family service counselor at a cemetery. Yes. This is, this is huge. Okay. So um, now you're saying, you're saying, I lock in a price. So let's, so we talked about, I bought my grandma's headstone. I could have gotten it cheaper if I would have bought it, if I would have bought it years ago or I could. So now do we charge interest on, on our payments? It really depends on the cemetery that you work with and or the funeral home. But when we did pre-need services, we came up with the, here's what your locked in price would be for everything if you were to buy those things a day, and then they just make payments. There was no interest on our so particular plans. Can you, can you give me, Mike, and the viewers an example? So, I mean, like, what kind of numbers are we talking about? So, let's, a lot. Use, my, let's, use, let's use my grandma. Okay, so um, she passed. We paid, we paid. 10,000 plus I paid 3,500 for a headstone for two. I mean, right. Like your face is telling me that. So now, now, okay. So this is, we did it all when she passed. Now, if I would have prepaid or they would, my grandfather would have prepaid. I mean, how much, how much are we talking here? How much are we, what, what is this savings besides emotional financially? What's the savings? So the 10,000 was that for the funeral arrangements? Like the casket, the service itself. What 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 yeah. did that ten thousand for? Yep, yep. Let's just call it everything. Every every part of the casket, the funeral, the hosting, the two visitations or the one, whatever it was. Um, mm. You know, the luncheon, all that. So like, I mean, if if I would have prepaid for all that, what would? So so my grandfather has a prepaid. I don't I don't know what the heck that cost anymore because he said I want to do the same thing Grandma did. How how much how much are we saving? Well, some of that is relative depend, depending on when it is that you die versus when you bought it. Because, of course, you know, if you buy it now and you die five years from now, those prices are going to be a lot different. But the nice thing about pre-needed uh, services are um, they're good for, well, there's still that 30-day because, you know, you don't want to come in and, you know, lie to them and, you know, like if you know that you're terminal. But once you've survived 30 days past your contract, 
of your pre-need services, uh, there is probably anywhere from, so the, let's talk to headstone. You said it was $3,500. I could have sold you the granite, the base, and the bronze, depending on what, what standard size you were going for, um, probably for $2,200. Uh, if you were really? going to go, yeah. If you were going to go monument or bench, a bench pre need was probably six to eight thousand, and I could have sold you a uh, pre need one at three to four thousand. There's huge differences between doing it pre need and at need. Uh, some of it is because of the fact that you're kind of buying into a program that you don't need right now, so they don't have to rush it. They don't have to get it done. They don't have to do all these things right now, but you're you're giving them money for the one day, um, and it is so kind of it's just, there's a lot of advantage to it. We had families come in where mom and dad had done pre-need services 20 years prior to the mom and dad passing or mom or dad, because they didn't die at the same time necessarily. And we would compare like, Hey, this is what mom and dad said 20 years ago and their services 100% taken care of. Here's what it would have cost you today. That's a, that's a 33% discount basically. Yeah. So. There's, there's huge differences. And now, okay, so now, and you talked about payments, so right, so I let's say let's say I lock you in for for so I paid thirty five, I, I mean, granted I paid thirty seven, but let's say I paid thirty five. You said you can get me for twenty two. If I make payments on that twenty two, how much how much interest do I pay on that? If I don't use a credit card, if I just pay with you guys, how much does that cost me? We didn't do interest. It was that's what it was for twenty two dollars, and you had like a. We did one or two year contracts. Um, it really just depended Sorry, on I, what it was that you could do, but they were zero interest. It was just basically you're making your payments every month. So everybody watching, right? So this is this is huge. Like, we, I mean, we have literally professional that's actually dealt with this. Like, you guys, you guys, if you don't plan to die tomorrow, I mean, and you plan to die later in life, like if you know what you want, if you know all this write your will, write, write your living will, like write it all out, prepay for all of this because you're going to get a 33% discount. I can't invest for 33% gain. I I've, I've done flips, whatever, but like dude, 33% is huge money. We're a financial podcast. This is what we do. 33% zero. So that is huge. Mm -hmm. That is so, and because trust me, cause I, me being the person I am, I, I called, a bunch of two stone places trying to figure out if I can get exactly what I wanted. And, and I couldn't um, because when my grandma passed, they're like, Hey, we have to get it in before it, before it freezes and stuff like that. So right. Things you should know if you're, if you're in the upper half of the U S where it freezes, the ground freezes, they can't put two stones out, you know? Um, yeah. They put a temporary you know, marker. Uh, we got it in right beforehand okay. because, uh, what was it? Two, almost two years ago. That it was a. It, it lasted pretty long for a, for a thaw. So we we were fortunate at that. Um, but no, that that like that's awesome. I didn't I didn't know that. Like so like you know my wife and I honestly I'll look into prepaid of buying my cherry tree way ahead of time because I mean and my pinata I don't know what I want yet. Like I'll probably say like you know because right now what what is it like My Little Pony's huge and. Uh, uh, my, my daughter's into LOLs, but like when the time comes, I'm going to be like, look, I'm going to need this pinata, whatever is like really popular. If people hit, let's be honest. All right. Anheuser-Busch, if you guys sponsor us, I promise you I'll put 
one-fifth of my ashes in a Bud Light pinata, and one-fifth of my body is going to go all over the place. All right, so this is a promise. I'm officially making this a thing. So without asking my wife. <laughs> so no, that prepaid is that much cheaper. Guys, I, I had no clue. Honestly, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm both so on the funeral end, both on the funeral home end and, and on the cemetery end. If you can so, either lock so, in both so, of them or one or the other. So now you, you've dealt with casket prices. So I, I don't know. I don't know what we paid for casket, but so now let's say, so how, I mean, we're getting 33% on a casket discount for paying it up front. Cause I, I know Costco sells the kiss, the kiss casket, which everybody wants. I mean, run out and get, honestly, I want 5% of my body to go in a kiss casket and then like push it out to the ocean. Dude, I'm, I'm splitting my body up into way too many fists, but um, this is going to be great. Dude, well, I'm I'm gonna be all I'm gonna be all over the world. You know, when you're dead, they kind of have you over a barrel here. They can do anything they want, money wise, because you're not gonna just sit there and hang on to a body. Well, well yeah, and you're emotionally attached to it, so you make emotional I, decisions, which is huge. So honestly, everybody, everybody watching, like, I I know we talk about life insurance, and that's huge, and we talk about wills, but like, I I really think prepaid services is is a huge thing to start thinking about it. and again it's funny because you two right so dawn wants to have a, a an open casket and she wants a visitation david wants like i'm not yeah i wanted to but that's not his wishes and i'll respect what he wants but it doesn't make me happy but that's we've had the talk i told her before do whatever you want it's just not my my deal right. well the funny the funny thing is is like when David dies first, you still get to change and you get to pick whatever you want. So Caitlin has to like, so and everybody, wa I mean, even, even though they're different, she still gets to pick what she wants. And as David said, it's whatever makes her happy. I mean, that's, that's what a, a wife and husband are is happy wife. Right. I mean, no, it's, it's happy spouses. We, we really need to come together. My wife and I chose cherry trees. We talked about that. It's, it's huge. But wow, prepaid services thirty three percent discount just by prepaying, and well, that now my, that, that, that's without that's without um, uh, prices going up. Uh, David, what's that word for prices going up? Um, inflation. Inflation, yeah. So um, right, so that's that's without inflation. Like back in the day, it cost a hundred bucks to bury somebody. You know, you could rent a backhoe for five bucks. Now it costs you five hundred. So. Well, like, and imagine so if, you, if your grandma had paid for this, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, that, that's crazy. What a huge savings I, I, it would have been. It would have been like two grand. Well, and oftentimes, and I can't speak for every cemetery because, of course, I only managed one. But the opening and closing costs at our cemetery on the weekend were significantly higher than if they did it during the week. Not that you can predict when you're going to die. Um, Everybody die on a uh, die on a Tuesday, so that way they can have it like right. So if you could pick your death date, just no. So. <laughs> so on the opening and closing costs for the ground, like after three, were different than if they were earlier in the day. Um, but really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Weekends are our more costs, expensive our than weekdays. Our costs were um, five hundred dollars just to open the ground if it was a ca a, a casket burial. Um, except for if it was on the weekend, it was seven fifty. It jumped two hundred fifty dollars just because it's after three or the weekend. Um, the nice thing is, is that those prepaid services, if 
dad had prepaid, you know, everything. It didn't matter when they did it because we had to honor it. No, no. So like, yeah, let's be honest. So I know personally, I'm going to walk to my mom after this conversation. I'm going to walk. I'm going to, I'm going to call my mom and I'm going to say, Hey, look, we need to have a conversation because this needs to happen. Like I, we have this conversation a little bit and I know kind of what she wants done, but to prepay for it now, that's huge. Mm -hmm. David, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you have your mom. I mean, are you, are you going to have this conversation with her? I mean, Grant, you have the wife that she, knows. She really took care of everything back when my grandma So it's already passed. done. Yep. Yeah. And she, Benson? She prepaid grandmas, she prepaid shitheads, and then she took care of her own. Yeah. Say, by by shithead, he means, uh, you know, his his daddy. But, um... <laughs> No, when I grandfather. No, he's not my grandfather. We talk about the asshole my grandmother married. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, and then Benson. Now, I mean, with this knowledge of thirty-three percent, like, are you, are you at all thinking of prepaying for anything for yourself? For yeah, I'll take prepay for my cremation. Which, dude, like, so it's funny. It's funny. Okay, so here, here, here's a here's a thing. So I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Just outside. Okay. Cremation here is, David said, aunt, you know, Aunt Sue cost a thousand. What's that? 950. 950. 950 bucks. My wife and I just went an hour and a half up north, uh, a, a town called Newago area, and you see billboards and it says uh, basic cremation starting at 1250 bucks. So, like, Right, prices around, I mean, because there's so much less population, they don't get as much service of dead people, you know, the prices are higher. But, like, man, th these prices are going up. And, and uh, how much was a cremation? You worked there how long ago, Don? Yeah, it was a while ago. It's been quite you, a while. Do you know what but cremation prices I still keep prices in contact are? with the lady that's there now, and we still discuss prices here and there. Do you um, know how much cremation was back in the day? Uh, we did full body for six fifty. So it's gone up. Yeah, that's that's huge. I mean, like, would you work there 10, 20 years ago? <clears throat> 17 or so. 17. So almost 20 years, and we've gone up, oh, gosh, almost, I mean, if you go to New York, that's 50%. That's 50% in, in the 20 years. So if you could save 50%, plus you're saving 33% on prepaid, like, you guys, like, this is this is a huge thing that we just came into on a financial on a financial thing, this is huge. Well, the other thing is, is that a lot of times, because of course, when you've lost somebody, you're making emotional decisions. You're not necessarily making financial good, smart decisions. Oh, right sure. now, even though nobody wants to have the talk about, you know, what happens when they die and they push it to the side and like, we'll talk about that one day. The easier, uh, the, the, the faster you can have that hard decision now, you can make those decisions and you're not, you can make educated opinions where when somebody dies, they come in and they're like emotional and they're making all these, I just want to do what's best. I just want to do what's best. And they end up spending so much more, even just for that reason alone. Um, yep. Because they just, they want to take care of that. They want to show their love by making <clears throat> sure they do the best. Oh, Whereas if everything's taken care of and all they have to do is maybe figure out like a color scheme or a time or like the small things, sure. then they're not making emotional decisions that way too. Yeah, no, we, we talked about that because, uh, you know, I say it's, it's literally just self-pride at that point um, to boost your own personal ego. Nobody sees it at the time. Nobody sees it 90%. But, like, when you look at it, like, again, for David and I to pass, it cost us 
a thousand bucks for Gerald R. Ford to pass, it costs, you know, a couple million bucks. So granted, you have the money and you're proving that you have the money and that's completely fine. But like the same amount of people cared about you when you passed as they do when you didn't pass. I mean, we, you know, we, Princess Diana, we seen it on live TV. I remember being a kid. I, you know, we talk about it, but it's not, it's not, and it's another thing that has changed my life in any way, shape or form. So that's awesome to know. So prepaid guys, really, that's, that's a, that's a huge thing um, for all of us to, to learn. That's, that's huge. Oh, that, and I, really can't, I really can't stress enough that if you know that you want to be cremated, the faster that you have that, you know, inviting somewhere, I saw yeah. so many families fighting and arguing in the day. <laughs> The cemetery and or funeral home, they can't physically do a cremation unless everybody agrees or unless there's a cremation contract. Because let's just say I wanted to be cremated, but David was against it. If I have something in writing, it doesn't matter what David's thoughts are. But if we've had the talk and then say, you know, somebody else steps in, be it my daughter or whatever, now I'm, now I'm getting buried and that wasn't my wishes. Well, so, right, exactly. So David wants to be cremated and you, so now, so now David's is written down, like you're, you're pro burial, pro casket, pro, pro, um, getting buried. Right. And David's not. So now you can't fight that because it's written down that says right. David has to be, has to be cremated. <clears throat> that's, that's a big thing because, and we do see it right. Granted, David's an only child and, and stuff like that, but, um, right we have to, we have to see that type of stuff is like the, the, and I see it even in my family, not my family, but like my, you know, my, my mom and her, her, you know, when my grandma passed, like the kids are like, Oh, blah, blah. blah. And I'm like, stop, stop fighting, stop caring. Like, honestly, it just comes to the point of like, shut up. I'll just pay for it because I I'm, I'm done with it. Right. Like I want you people to enjoy your mother or even when my mom passes or like, my sister has no say in it because, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be written out. Like, Hey, this is exactly what I, I'm going to hand us. I should be able to hand, I should be able to hand a paper that says, this is exactly it. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be in a full, like, um, dumb and dumber suit, right? Like bright orange, like, here you go. Like, this is, this is what mom wanted. So no, that's, that's, that's great to know. That's, that is, I, I think honestly, Courtney and I are going to look into that a heck of a lot more. So. Yeah, nobody wants to have that talk, but it's very important, both emotionally sure. and financially. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's why I called Don, and I thought that would be a little nice. Did uh, you talk about organ donation as well? Yeah, we did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, I, you know, I thought she could add some nice insight there as, as far as pre-need and at-need goes. Oh, dude, fin financially, like, that is huge for every every one of our listeners. I mean – it took a little bit longer to get to, but like, guys, that's probably the biggest key right there. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Like that is on a financial thing. Like have that conversation with your parents if they're older, even when they're younger, like Benson, start writing it down because man, like prepay, like if you can make that payment now, I mean, mm -hmm. work, work with these companies and be like, Hey, I'm not looking to die, but you know what? Let's start making these payments. You know what I mean? I I'm all about this. This is huge. So, all right. Um, say, as always, as always, like, subscribe, share. Um, skip forward to, you know, the last little bit. 
which you won't see that until you get to the last a little bit. But, you know, I say, Anheuser Bush, uh, thanks for the holiday uh, five pack. We're down to one. I appreciate it. I uh, can't wait to get put into uh, uh, Bud Light Pinata and hit it all over the place. Um, it's great having this conversation. It sucks, but it's got to happen. I, I'm going to thank uh, Reds, who is owned by Miller Coors. Miller Coors, if you'd like to sponsor us, we are more than happy to take that. Um, if they sponsor us, I'll drink Miller. I'm not going to lie. Go. I mean, it has a bush. Like, I hope you guys sponsor us first, but. Um, <laughs> Whoever wants to sponsor us, we'll drink it, even if it's an IPA. You know. Fact. Um, so we'll be back Thanks, next week. Figure out what we're going to talk about. Mikey, got any last words for everybody? Not really. Okay. I've been listening mostly. Good man. Well, hopefully you picked up some good stuff here. And I did. Good. And Nick, go ahead with your like, subscribe. Oh, say it. I already did it, but we'll do it again. Do it again. Like like subscribe share it's located in the corner one of them you know one of them looks like a bell and we all like to hear a bell ring so put that thing there so that way you get pop-ups that say hey nick and david are talking you guys need to listen okay this is a this is a big thing for us so um i really appreciate this this was as bad of an episode as it was it was a very fun episode and very informative episode i really <clears throat> We, we, we just want to care about people and we want to care about them in the best way. So we want you to care. We want you to care for your loved ones. So. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week.